The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 23rd show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I am dedicated to my listeners providing you with tools needed to make informed decisions on all matters that affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, back again, Eric Tinglum with Skyline Properties, Trident Realty Group Northwest. What's up on the south end in the real estate market? That's a conversation I'm going to be having with Eric today. Also in studio, I have Susan Larson and Roberta Stennis. First times that I've uh, had a conversation with the two of them. Excited for that. Uh, both with Remax Northwest Roll Tours. More advice on navigating through today's real estate market. But what's up in the Seattle and Eastside area? Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any of the topics discussed or topics you'd like to hear on future shows, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyara.com. And let's start the show out today with a little money chat. Money. Money. Property tax, frequently asked questions. There are a few things in life that are certain as taxes, especially when it comes to buying, selling, and owning real estate. Today, I want to break down when taxes are due, when they may be paid, and how they're calculated, Uh, what tax relief programs are available that uh, you might have access to. Property taxes have a timeline that are different than most other taxes or bills that we pay. Taxes are due twice a year, uh, both towards the middle of each cycle. So first half taxes are due at the end of April and cover for January through June. And second half taxes are due at the end of October and cover July through December. Now, King County mails out their statement in the middle of February, actually on February 14th, so happy Valentine's Day. That's when you get your uh, property tax statement or when it's been mailed. Now, property tax proration. Because taxes are due towards the middle of the tax period that they cover, a real estate seller may receive a refund or a pay probate taxes depending on the closing date. For an example, a sale that closes in March will have both parties paying prorated taxes. The seller pays from January 1st to the date of closing, and the buyer pays from closing date to January June 30th. A closing that happens in May would give the seller a refund for prorated taxes from the closing date to the end of June, since the seller would not have, since they pay the taxes in April for the entire first half tax year. Can property taxes be paid in advance? Yes. Uh, The second half 
tax year can be paid in advance, but not the first half. Washington state law doesn't allow the county treasurer to collect property taxes until February 15th of the year that they are due. So the first half is typically payable anytime between February 15th and April 30th. And the second half is typically payable anytime between February 15th and October 31st. It is not necessary to have a tax statement to mail in with your payment. So if you decide to mail in the payment without a tax statement, you must write your tax account number on the check. Uh, Mailed payments must be postmarked on or before the due date. Otherwise, they're going to be considered late. Now, how are property taxes calculated? The property tax for a given parcel are based on the fairly simple calculation. Multiply the total assessed or taxed value of the parcel by the levy rate for the parcel's neighborhood. In addition, there can be fees added by the county to cover specific services. Now, assessed value and levy rate. The two factors are used to calculate in taxes are assessed value of the property and the levy rate for that area. Now, levy rates are represented in dollars per thousand. So to calculate the tax amount, multiply the assessed value by the levy rate and divide by a thousand. So last year's assessed value times this year's levy rate equal tax amount due. Now, what determines the levy rate? The levy rates are determined by a number of factors, including the results of the voters approved levy, so pay attention to those. Property taxes usually aren't certified until the middle of February. Even though the assessed were, assessments were mailed out the previous year, with, which often causes some confusion. In other words, assessment value stated a statement that you get in the second half of this year has no effect on taxes that you pay this year. The valuation will be used in the calculation for the next year's taxes. So you won't know your actual tax uh, that will need to be paid for the year until the county certifies that year's taxes in the middle of February, even though that year's assessed values have been available for months. Now, assessed value versus taxable value. The assessed value typically is the same as a taxable value, except in cases where the taxpayer has applied for and received an exemption. For example, senior and disabled property owners may qualify for tax reductions. In some cases, home improvements may qualify for a three-year exemption for taxes on the value of the improvement. Now, what tax relief programs are available? We have an open space classification of articulture land, timber lake, and natural preserves. Also designated forest land classified for timber lake parcels 20 acres or more. Uh, Historical restoration exemptions for historical significant property undergoing restoration. Improvement exception. This is single family dwellings with temporary exemption on valuation of additions to single family dwellings. Uh, Destroyed property claim adjustment to the valuation of destroyed property. Also, there's property tax exemptions for senior citizens and disabled persons. Now, it's important if you, a lot of times you, I've noticed that senior citizens don't know that they have this. You can actually go back three years if for some reason you missed it. Further back than that, you've missed out on this. So you want to make sure you check into that and see if your income qualifies. Full tax deferrals for senior citizens and disabled persons. Um, there's also exemptions for qualified property owners by nonprofit organizations and last property tax deferral for, deferral for those with limited income. So make sure you look into those and you're not missing any of these uh, ta- tax relief programs. Now, property tax re- resources for uh, King Pierce and Snohomish County, you can call the assessor uh, treasurer hotline. You can go online for tax parcel account information or number. Uh, see or print 
a tax statement and you can make online payments, which they've made that really easy to uh, collect payments for your property taxes. So just a little bit of a background and breakdown of property taxes. Coming up next in the Money Hour, here to discuss today's real estate market and what's up in the South End market, my South End expert here, Eric Tinglem with Skyland Properties, Trident Realty Group Northwest, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over, until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 23rd show. I build a network of elite industry professionals every week sharing their knowledge and expertise to my listeners. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a broadcast or rebroadcast, but you can call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Eric Tinglem with Skyline Properties, Trident Realty Group Northwest. And he is my expert on everything that's happening in the South End real estate market. Eric, thank you so, so much for coming back in studio. I always enjoy being here, Tina. And I love giving an update on the South End, being that I uh, work mainly in the Seattle and the Bellevue area. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to hear what's going on. A uh, little bit about... Uh, Eric. Uh, Eric has 25 years in the industry and president of Trident Realty Group Northwest with a team of five agents and in the top 3% in transaction volume in Pierce County. Retired USAF and reserve with over 37 years of service. Thank you, Eric. My pleasure. Former high school football coach spanning the last 20 years. 75% of Eric's business is working with both retired vets and active duty military around the Puget Sound uh, area. So, Eric, in starting out uh, my conversation with you today, 
Uh, It's a little frustrating and a little sad that middle class and retirees are getting priced out of the King County um, market with double digit price increases. Are you seeing that happen um, over on the south end as well? It's just starting. You know, we always have uh, we always have lagged Mm -hmm. uh, King County. We've always been reactive to what's going on up here. You know, which is kind of good because you can you know what's coming. Right. Well, I guess, you know, <laughs> unless you want to bail ship before it gets there. You there know. you go. No, you know, I, I was uh, talking to our other guests here today when we were waiting for you. And, you know, there were numbers out today, just just published today, that um, prices have increased in King County 17 percent over the high watermark in 07. And that came from Realtor.com. Wow. So 17% over the high watermark. That's after the huge devaluation after 07. So you can imagine what the last 12 months have been. I, I pulled yeah. up stats the other day, and King County has about just slightly under one month of inventory mm-hmm, as an mm-hmm. absorption rate. We're just slightly better at about 1.5, where six months ago we were probably 2.8, 2.9. Yeah. So we are continually in multiple offer situations now something that of course you guys have been dealing with up here for a long time yeah and so how when did the multiple offers um, really start hitting your market well you know curiously i think uh i think it's just now it, it's just not really starting to come to to full bloom and uh-huh. I, I don't think it's even close to being where it's going to be ultimately yeah you not know, if the, you're not if you're not hitting 20 20 offers on a well, property yet actually today <laughs> uh, today we had uh-huh. uh, one of my team members had an offer in a beautiful home in an area called Rodesco uh-huh. uh, in Puyallup and uh, 400,000 which down there you put that home in Mill Creek and it's 750 yes yes and uh, we came in very strong, and we were above asking price, and yada yada yada, and a full cash offer at about a hundred and twenty percent of list came in. Wow. And of course, you know what are you going to do? It's, yeah, it's it's hard to compete against something like that. Now, are you guys because we always have a, a challenge here um, in our market with um, uh, getting VA offers, the veterans uh, loan accepted, which is so un- uh, unfortunate. But in your arena, where you have a lot of veterans, are you are you have, having issues with government um, backed mortgages? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there, so there's no difference. Uh, no, there's absolutely no difference. Uh, well, uh, let me just back up. Pierce County is always going to be, along with, uh, you know, Kitsap, mm-hmm. you know, with Banger, we have JBLM. Uh, what's hard to believe sometimes, uh, revelatory for many people, is that the largest source of income in Pierce County is not mm-hmm. active duty military with okay. McCord and Fort Lewis. It's uh-huh. actually retired, like me, yes. military. Uh-huh. And we represent about 2% more. So the, the preponderance of veterans you know, on a per capita basis yes. uh, in Pierce County is huge. So you've um, got a lot more coming in and making um, a lot VA more. offers, where as for here, we're not, we don't see a lot of them. So when you do, it's hard to compete against all those conventional offers. So, so the competition, uh-huh. just to be, be clear, is called okay. the gentrification of King County, yep. where the middle class is being pushed out, retirees. I mean, people my age, you know, uh-huh. a Boeing employee that bought that Wallingford uh, Ballard home for, you know, 57000 back in... You know, 1978 has raised you know a whole family there, and they're getting ready to retire. They just sold it for 725, and uh, they still want to stay in contact with uh-huh. the, with the family and the kids. So, Pierce County, Snohomish, Kitsap, some cases on the other side of the mountain, makes yeah. a, a very good alternative. Yeah.
So, Eric, uh, more affordable housing and, and coming with cash and going to the north, south, east, and west King County, why spend the cash with the historical low interest rates? Well, you know, that that's, as a matter of fact, we just were, your, your you guests guys, and you I were having that, that, having, having that same question. You had this whole show conversation before I got here. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. And yeah. I, I would almost defer Me that either. question to you yeah, because... No. If if I've got cash, mm-hmm. I'm not giving it to, you know, uh, putting it into the equity of a home exactly. that I'll, I'll never see. Yeah, and I I think it, it is a it is a a good question. And when you really look at the cost of the interest rate after the deduction of homeownership, mm-hmm. and uh, but I think a lot of people are just going in because they want to win the property, and you know win that offer. But um, no, I don't think it makes any sense to get your cash stuck in a home when you can borrow money at such a low uh, a low rate. Um, multiple offers with escalation clauses. Um, you say, and I, I, I really like this, if you want to sleep on it, you won't sleep in it. So ex- well, that's, that, that's an amen and a half. It is. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, you can, uh, you can tell your client those things, but oftentimes until they've been burnt a couple times, yeah. you know, they still are listening to Aunt, uh, Aunt Ruth mm-hmm. and uh, their friend, you know, Bob and... And then comes reality. Yes, you know, and 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 with so little inventory. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. I would be interested to see what your your guests think mm-hmm. uh, in the next part of the show as to why we're not seeing more people step up. Yeah, and and sell. It's it's a seller's market. Yep, and yet they're just not going. So what would uh, one thing that I see and I I hear from my buyers that are, you know, cuz they come to me to talk about financing when I've worked with them before, sometimes before they talk with a realtor, which is the way you should do it. But um and they're they're afraid. They're afraid of selling their house and not being able to get another one. So I know that that's, you know, that's that's one issue. What other things are do you, are you seeing with your sellers and why they're hesitant to put their home on the market when it's such a great time to sell? Well, you use the word fear. Yes, and I I think that's spot on. But I yep. think it's I think it's I, I think I think the the term fear should be broadened. Okay, uh, we're in an, an election year that's yes. been vitriolic at best. Uh huh. And we take a look at all of the innuendos that have gone back and forth. And you know, I mean, there's a sense that you know I think I'm just okay. Now, having said that, I have we our team uh, this past quarter probably have had five multi-generational purchases mm-hmm. that were not ethnically driven. Now, historically, we think really? of multi-generational as yeah. being maybe in the Asian community, the Ukrainian community, uh-huh. but we're seeing moms and dads and brothers and sisters, uh, you know, buying homes yeah. together. And I think there's well, we that... We saw that when the market crashed. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like right back to... Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Huh. Yep. So, Eric, I was talking with a contractor a couple days ago, and it was an interesting conversation because he was saying that, you know, he's having to uh, turn a lot of jobs down. I think they should embrace their strengths and hire a team so they can get more work. But anyways, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and he's, he's saying that they're, you know, a lot of their realtor partners, it's getting stressful for them because they have these long uh, term, long lasting realtor real estate uh, agent partners. And they can't take these jobs on to get the properties ready to sell for the seller because they're too small a jobs. And what they're doing is they're taking the big jobs of the people that aren't selling that are putting, you know, $100,000 in a remodel or upgrade to their home so they don't have to sell. So we're seeing a lot of people staying and making their home their dream home instead of getting out into the the market. To support that? Uh Uh-huh. Buy Lowe's and Home Depot. 
Okay. Yeah, there you go. Just take a look at what their stocks have done in in the last uh, year. I was listening to that actually on the radio the other day. Uh And the comment was that people are reinvesting in their homes. Yes. And actually, when you think about it, that probably makes a lot of sense for a lot of mm-hmm. reasons for a long time as opposed yeah. to. But, but see, here, here's, here's the challenge, though, Tina. The dynamic or dynamics that, that bring along, you know, that, that are married to home sales yes. are still in place. Oh, of course. I, I mean, you know, we, of course. we had a new baby. Yes. Or we just got a baby. Yes. Just got a raise. Yep. Just got a divorce. Yep. Uh, illness. Um, I hate the Northwest. I'm finally going to Arizona. Yeah. You know, those things don't seem to be playing in um, statistically, perhaps the way they have in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. So what are we going to do, Eric? Absorption rate of 1.68 months, you said, total inventory of Pierce County. Yeah. And matter of fact, that's up even slightly. But, you know, Uh as you know, we would anticipate that as we get closer to May and June, we'd start to see the inventory numbers come up. Yes. Uh, we, you know, we, we yep. simply haven't. Yeah. So, um, again, it's going to be a it's going to be a real interesting summer. And our team is working on a regular basis. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. we just had a good team meeting today about how to combat some of these particular situations when we're on the yeah. buyer side and then when mm-hmm. we're on the seller side. Now, remember, on the seller side, um, you know, we still in many cases down south, you uh-huh. know, if, if you're. I mean, if you're getting a conventional offer, you only have to, you know, obviously appraise for the amount that you're you're financing. Yes. Well, when yeah. we're still seeing FHA and VA, yeah, we're still up against appraisal issues. So, what are you? And that's a that's a, a question I didn't have that I was going to ask you today. But since we're we're heading that direction, I'd really like you to share with my uh, our listeners is, you know, what's happening, and because I know we've we've had appraisal issues that are starting to pop up. And here's something I was just talking with an underwriter and it made a lot of sense, but things that, you know, you really don't think about until you're in that market. Um, You know, a new comp uh, becomes available on the market. So appraisers have to come up with comparables, as you know, but sharing with my listeners to support the value. You've got to have the comps to support Mm -hmm. the value. And a new comp comes up on the market, but, you know, it's two weeks into the closing or whatever. And that comparable actually doesn't represent what the market was at the time that that offer was accepted two weeks ago because the market's moving so quickly. And I mean, it's up to an you know, appraiser and what they're doing with the value, but it was interesting to hear on, you know, and I thought, wow, uh, the market is moving so quick that that, you know, so w- w- what dynamics are you seeing with the, the low appraisals? Well, we've only really experienced the low appraisals, to be really honest with you, and mm-hmm. with the with the VA. Yeah. Um, now I've had a few that you know we've come in well above. Yeah. You know, but that's the exception as opposed to the rule. Yeah. Now, having said that, I, those VA, VA appraisers aren't there to you know to deny home ownership mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. the veteran who justly deserves of course not. That, that opportunity. Of course not. I mean, land of the free because of the yep. brave. Yeah. Having said that, though, um, they can't pull something out of thin air they that can't. just isn't nope. there. Nope. And there are a lot of different modalities, as mm-hmm. you're aware, to, yep. you know, to come up with a number. Yeah. But if you're in a PUD, a planned unit development, mm-hmm. where you have you know 700 houses, I dare say that you better be able to pull one yeah. or two out of that area that's going to support the value regardless of the overall market 
And, 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 the, and, and the speed at which it's escalating. And here's something, too, Eric, that I heard that was uh, surprising. I was at the uh, Women's Council of Realtors, um, have some great speakers that came in. And a few months ago, they had a, um, Alan Pope, which, well, mm-hmm. in our, you, yeah, you've yeah. well-known appraiser. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that he said was really shocking. But one of the things that was shocking, and I had never even thought about it, it's kind of like those bad aha moments. Mm-hmm. And he says, here's the issue that appraisers have with VA, or with lower down payments, even like a conventional 5% down payment, when all of the other offers, let's say you've got 10 offers and all the other offers, nine offers are all 20, 30% down, and you've got this one VA or this one conventional or FHA, a low down payment loan that comes in, and they're paying a higher price because you would think that 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 buyer might be willing to pay a higher price because they know they're competing against all of these higher down payment. The appraiser says that that's an issue in supporting their value if there's no no comparables or it's hard to comp because here's what he said is that that buyer is feeling forced to pay more than the home is worth because he's competing against the people that are coming with the larger down payment. And I thought, my gosh, that's just... Un- unreal. Tina, that is so totally true. I mean, I wasn't going to get into that argument yeah. because I, I, I think it's sometimes confusing for the audience to, uh-huh. to, to, to do the math that we deal with on a yeah. day-to-day-to-day basis. Yeah. But that's the truth. And yeah. my argument has been to the appraiser, this is a market. Yep. Fair market value is what mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay. Yes. And if my buyer is qualified, you know, with the, with mm-hmm. the new maximums here in yeah. King and Pierce County, mm-hmm. we can go to 540. Yeah. If my guy is willing to put in another 35, mm-hmm. 40, $50,000, yeah. how dare you mm-hmm. suggest to a veteran yeah. that he can't do that, he or she yeah. cannot do that, and therefore, you know, win, win, but it's win the that market, battle? It's the market value. Market well, value. You know, market. And the market is more than one person, though. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I know. And see, this is a, it's a frustrating thing because I, I can understand, you know, obviously where the um, seller and the buyer and the realtor and the lender and the appraiser are coming from. Everybody wants to make the deal work for the most part. The appraiser is on our side, but they've got such challenges out there. And I'm not, I've had very low, a few low appraisals. I've, you know, been very, you know, fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of buyers in our market that are coming in and, mm-hmm. and saying that they'd be willing to pay $30,000 more than the value comes in at. I mean, there's some crazy stuff going on like that. But it's, yeah, it's definitely a dynamic um, that's hard to deal with uh, through this process. But I don't know how it's going to get better until, you know, things slow down a little bit. Well, you know, I, we had a situation not that long ago that was just, uh, talk about a blessing. Uh, I have a, uh, we had a client uh, through the Wounded Warrior Battalion, the Transition Battalion, that's uh, 100% uh, disabled PTSD, uh-huh, uh-huh. and mm. uh, the sellers uh, were retired military. Yep. And without you know giving away numbers, we came in less, but he was able to find out that the challenges that this uh, this this vet, the soldier, had had undergone. And in this particular case, he showed preferential treatment, deferential treatment. Okay. Preferential treatment to to my uh, my buyer, and I mean I can't tell you how. How awesome it was yeah. that uh, that we were able to secure the home for that mm-hmm. for that vet. Yeah, that was that's, great. That is that's great, Eric. Um, let's talk about more people looking for buildable property, manufactured homes, land. Can you talk a little bit on that? Yeah, I think uh, you know. I just found out that there's actually, and I, I don't know why I didn't know this. There's a category of homes that uh, people are, and then I went online. It blew me away that are taking old. Uh, Cans, uh, transportation containers, 
uh-huh. and they're modifying them into homes, and it's actually what? financeable. Yeah, you, you, I gotta hook you up on that one. Financeable? Who's it's, financing them? Wait till you see. Really? I mean, I'll just—it just blew me away. But we all of a sudden have had—we've had this flurry of people that are looking for land uh-huh. because you know, Dr. Horton, Lennar, yeah, yeah. Richmond, America. I mean, they can only build so fast. Yeah. Well, and, you guys have land, and we have land. <laughs> So all of a sudden, we don't have any. here in the last three weeks, we've got people wanting two, four, five, seven acres. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm thinking equestrian property, owning horses myself. I'm thinking, uh-huh. yeah, no, no, we just want to hide out. I'm thinking, yeah. okay, well, you know, huh. but it's happening with increased frequency. Yeah. And I, I think that I think it only makes sense that with the lack of inventory, we're going to see people sure. looking for many kinds of alternative Options. So on a, you know, a, a, a positive uh, side of everything that's happening in our in mm-hmm. our market and what's going on in the uh, in the south end uh, market, obviously great time for sellers to get their home on the market, mm-hmm. um, you know, is uh, finding another place and being strategic in that process. Are you seeing contingents, uh, contingent offers coming together in your market or uh, not? Not too much. Uh, not too much, although we accepted a contingent offer the other day, but ironically, uh-huh. it was 10 days. I looked at the contingent property out of, yeah. out of Neenumclaw, mm-hmm. 1,700 square feet, and there was going to be a bidding war. So yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. told you know, my seller, I said, hey, <laughs> you know, that, that's going to be under contract in a minute and 30, yeah. 30 seconds. And so, you know, let's... Let's accept it. It was a very, it was a strong offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually it was a VA offer, but again, coming in with $90,000 in cash. I yeah. don't know what that was all about. Yeah. Crazy. He wasn't listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> so listening to you, what advice would you give to, uh, to your buyers right now, Eric? Well, again, I, you mentioned, you know, if you're going to sleep on it, you're not sleeping in it. And yep. if it's good, it's gone. Yeah. And so therefore, so you there. have to be ready and you have to be fully underwritten. And I'd like you to yes. maybe even talk to that because mm-hmm. if you're not fully underwritten, and by the way, we're, we're including paperwork to, mm-hmm. s- to corroborate that very yes. fact that when we submit that offer, it, you're, we're underwritten. Yes. I mean, you might as well, you might as well have a check. Yes. You know, we'll bear with money. Yeah. We're yep. that good and we can close mm-hmm. fast. Yes. That's now, and, and a little disclosure on that. Yes. Completely underwritten, not just a, a desktop underwriting um, uh, review, uh, but also to keep in mind, regardless of completely underwriting, I always tell clients there are five critical tips to a pre-approval mm. and it doesn't matter what lender, um, you know, if you hear, I won't mention any names, but there's a, there's a lender on TV that you're underwritten, you're approved, you're approved. You look at their pre-approval letter, there is a disclosure right down at the bottom. Everything has to be verified and updated. So it's a sense um, security. What what the industry talks about is just going through a pre-qualification versus a complete pre-approval. But even with an underwriting approval, five critical tips are employment, income, liabilities, credit, and assets. So if there's any changes, an example, if you quit your job, you're not going to get a mortgage. I mean, you know, so those things are getting verified. If you say your down payment is coming from a bonus from your employer and the down payment actually comes from a loan that you borrowed from your credit card, you've got an issue. So you have to keep in mind, even though you have a full underwriting approval, every lender, government sets up the guidelines, lenders can't make up their own rules. Employment, income, liabilities, credit, and assets have to be verified up until closing. So um, just remember not to make any financial changes without connecting with your uh, lender first to make sure it's not going to affect the pre-approval. So so let me just ask you just a brief question. If, in fact, uh, I'm sending you one of my clients and you have gone through that process, how... 
how much time then do you generally need to close a loan versus mm -hmm. not having any of that done or having, say, half of... Yeah, good a good question. It's, you know, you should be able to close a loan in 30 days. I know with all the tread and stuff, there's some, you know, extra days that could come in there. But, um, you know, a strong 30-day close, things can close less than that, just causes some, you know, challenges. Underwritten or not underwritten, um, what's, it's, you can add an extra 10, 15 days to that if you're not going through underwriting, if they're not prepared with all of their documentation. So it's, you know, it just depends on the, the preparation that the client has in moving forward, providing tax returns, paper transfers for their assets and you know all of those things that come in well one other thing and I just want to thank you because uh -huh. the couple two three transactions that we've had of late uh, your staff does a great job of keeping me informed on how my clients doing yes so that as a buyer's agent our team can intervene on your behalf to help assist that buyer in obtaining those documents or mm -hmm. seeing that those documents are transported to you in a timely manner. Yeah. So then it's a collaborative effort trying to work with that Thanks, individual. Sarah. So I no, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And for all you buyers out there, just from the lending uh, advice to you, just remember, we're all in this as a team, your realtor, your lender, and you as a buyer, we're all ending, we're all aiming for the same, uh, the same goal, which you is bet. to close the mortgage and have an easy process. The reality of getting a mortgage is not easy because of the documentation. It's not the lender, it's the government that sets up the rules and how lending is. Thank goodness there have been some changes because we definitely do not want another financial meltdown. So whenever you get frustrated at the fact that you've got to turn in those full tax returns, including all the schedules, or you've got a paper trail that cash to close, just remember it's protecting all of us to make sure that we don't have a crisis like we did last time. So Amen. thank you, Eric, for coming in. I appreciate always having the chance to chat with you and sharing your wealth of information with my listeners. And thank you, Tina. Coming up next to the Money Hour, don't miss out on your dream of homeownership because you missed the opportunity available in today's real estate market. Now we're going to switch over to the Seattle Bellevue, King County area with my experts, Susan Larson and Roberta Stennis with Remax Northwest Realtors right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Pinnacle Capital Mortgage Corporation. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 23rd show. I'm here to empower our community, providing you with opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with myself or you can talk with the guests that I have in studio. Just call the show number at one 855 411150 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And right now in studio, Susan Larson and Roberta Stennis with Remax Northwest Roll Tours. Thanks, you guys, for coming in. First time to have a chance to uh, talk with the two of you. Thank you. It's fun. Yeah, thank you, Tina. And a little bit about Roberta and Susan. Susan Larson has been selling real estate since 2003 and works with buyers and sellers. Specifically, she enjoys working with single women as well as investors. And Roberta has been selling real estate since 1995. And I've been May of 1995, Roberta. So 20 years, right? Yes. Uh huh. Working with both buyers and sellers uh, with emphasis in condos, first time home buyers, senior citizen, and luxury homes. So, between the two of them, they pretty much have it all covered. Roberta and Susan have been working together as a team for nine years and find their clients are better served. They're recipients of, they're recipients of Seattle Magazine Five Star Real Estate Agent Award for the past five years, which places them in the top 7% of Seattle area role tours. They consistently receive annual awards from Remax for their competency and skills. Their clients' needs are of the utmost importance to them, and their motto is service you deserve from people you trust. And I'm excited we've um, to have a full day today about real estate, and we talked with Eric about what's happening over in the South End, uh, a little bit different than what we uh, see here on the, in the King County area. But what are the important steps um, that you guys are educating your sellers right now when preparing their home to sell? Well, first of all, to hire an experienced realtor who they feel is competent and someone who would do a comparative market analysis. It's easy to think my home will sell for this huge amount based on what you read and hear, but we really have to look at what what's sold in their mm-hmm. area so we know where to price it. And pricing it accurately accurately is still important. And we want to clearly educate our sellers. Mm-hmm. So we um, we provide them with a lot of information, but we also do a market in, or a seller's analysis with them so we know what their goals are. So what do they want to achieve? And it's um, still important that your home looks good, that yes. you stage your home. And it takes some work, mm-hmm. like addressing the problems that you kind of overlook as you live in a house. Like there might be a hole in the fence or... A leaky faucet uh-huh. and you just let that go but you still have to do your household repairs address the odors of cooking or pets or smoking um, tidy up the yard we tell mm-hmm. them go across the street and look at it through the buyer's eyes yes is the yard mowed and trimmed and looks presentable sometimes we just get used to things when we live in them mm-hmm. and so we have to look at it differently clean inside and out Susan is sparkle, 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 clean those windows inside and out. (laughs) Yeah. Front door painted, Uh new hardware, doormat out in front. Um, Remove your clutter, and people don't like that it's called clutter, so Mm -hmm. now we say edit what you have. Mm -hmm. You're going to be moving anyway, so start packing. Yeah. And um, if you need to enlist a stager, do that. Uh Uh-huh. And we have um, different levels of expertise of stagers Mm -hmm. that do 
a small portion or a large portion or just use the materials that the seller has. Sometimes mm -hmm. they need to paint and get things neutral. And then also during showings, get those pets out of there and be gone. And it's important. Lights, yeah. camera, action. Open exactly. the drapes, turn I on the lights, that. have some music going. I love it. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of sellers, and you said most important is to have an expert, and an expert that's for many reasons, but two of the key reasons somebody that's going to be honest with you about price and also somebody that um, takes control of the process to make sure as a seller that you're educated what you need to do because it's so easy for a seller in this market to feel that they can get a little a little bit lazier on how their market or how they're preparing their home when the reality is yes your home's going to sell but the question is is the profit that you're going to make on it so you know just asking if they really want to be able to maximize that profit if that's important to them then they need to do these things and I you know the um, the declutter and making it look good and and it's really about what that buyer is going to feel emotionally coming in and then maybe they're the buyers that are going to be paying you know the higher price they're going to be waiving the inspection and doing these things because they really want that home so connecting on emotional level is that correct right and their first impression is people are shopping online yes and Susan and I hire as a gift to our sellers professional photographers uh -huh. so you know we want those pictures to be fabulous and that's huge because if the pictures aren't and they're just going to delete them and they may not see that you know delete that home and may not see it again yeah, exactly. So um, in in this fast market with home selling over the list price, a seller may ask, why bother with the staging? Well, I was just going to say also on the last um, question that even though it's a seller's market, we deal with buyers too. And it's amazing how many times buyers will walk away from a house, even though there may be only three or four houses for them to look at because uh -huh. it's not nice enough you know or it's not clean or cleanliness is the most important thing people can remodel but they don't nobody wants to move into a filthy house or yes. something that's and staging is really important to get to this question because if it's a um if it's a house that's vacant and you walk in and there's nothing in it it mm -hmm. echoes for one thing and it's it doesn't feel like home and people i have seen people buy a house because they love the staging Yes. And it makes all the difference in the world. And it may Because you're connecting with them on an emotional level, exactly. right? Exactly. And mm -hmm. our sellers pay for the staging. And even though it may be expensive, if you get really good stagers in there, you're going to make that up threefold in, yes. in, in the offers. And it really does make a difference. And especially, um, it has to be a good stager. It just can't uh -huh. be somebody coming in and throwing a few pillows around or, you know, put a chair in the corner, <laughs> which we've seen. Sure. And the front door, you know, clean the front door um, mm -hmm. drives me crazy when we go into a house and the, f the front door's got paw prints all over it. How hard is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when you sell a car, you're going to get it detailed to make sure that you have the, you know, that you've got the, um, the best look in the interior when they come in. So mm -hmm. same thing when you're, and again, it's really about just maximizing that price that the seller is going to get for that property. So what should sellers be um, aware of? in the offer process? Well, there are so many other items to consider besides price. Of course, uh -huh. price is important, but items that indicate how strong the buyer is financially, like how much money are they putting down? Mm -hmm. um, the level of their earnest money indicates uh, how committed they are to yep. the process. 
and also consider their financing contingency, or as you mm-hmm. talked about earlier, is it a cash offer, the inspection contingency, the type of loan, and then we always like to shorten up time frames for our yep. buyers and sellers in, so that inspection gets done in a short time frame and also the final loan approval. And if there's a title review, but also the closing date, we've seen a lot of uh, rent packs to sellers so yes. they can stay there longer, mm-hmm. but they've closed and so that's done. And then of course the escalation clause. So anything else that you're um, uh, seeing that are that are creative for um, in the offer process? Yes, but I'd like to also say the loan, who's doing the loan is important. Yes. And also who the other agent is is important. And I think that that is really, I'm so glad that you brought that in, uh, Susan, because as a consumer, so if you're listening right now as a buyer, um, uh, please make note of this because it's so important. Reputation is everything in these multiple offers because making sure that that offer is going to actually make it through the closing process because I read a statistic that 30% of mortgages do not close don't close, not not close on time, they don't close. Wow. And so the reputation of the lender is is big. And the other realtor, and why would that be important, uh, Susan? Can you share that with my listeners? Well, the most important thing in a transaction is that it does close and it yes. closes on time. And if, it, if you have a lender that's not local, um, mm-hmm. an online lender or somebody that's lazy, yep. then it's not going to happen. Yeah. And what about the and realtor? Waste. I mean, why is it so important that the realtor that's representing the buyer, that you, as uh, if you were on the listing side representing the seller, why is that dynamic so important? Can you share that with my listeners? Roberta, do you want to take it? Sure. Well, agent to agent is really important yes. because we, we're we not competing. We mm-hmm. are working as a team yep. to get the the job done and we love working with newer agents or Mm -hmm. experienced agents but we want them to be committed yes um to doing their part of the their load and you guys you know a lot of that when again you represent both buyers and sellers but when you're representing the seller you're looking at things completely different than if you're representing the buyer and you know when that offer is getting it presented on whether that realtor has experience or if they're if they're lazy, I mean, you can see that. So it's really important that through that process that all of that is being done at the highest level. And so as a buyer, uh, making sure that you're working with a real estate expert that has a great reputation can make a difference in that offer getting accepted. Because some things could fall through the cracks and if you don't have a, a really good buyer's agent, then uh-huh. thing, the loan could fall through because yep. they're not keeping tabs with that and we're all following through the the transaction through close and exactly um and if you don't have the communication then things could go Mm -hmm. wrong yes yes so uh, creative things in offers are there anything else that you guys are seeing um that you can share for buyers in getting creative when they're putting that offer together well, Roberta mentioned rent backs. That's, yes. That's a good so one. So explain, so in your rent back is like a 60 day. Six, 30 or 60 days. Yep. And usually you give them 60 days and, and it has to be free. Uh-huh, they get to live yes. there in that, that house until it closed, until till they find a place to move to. Okay. And oftentimes they do that pretty quickly and then they're, it's not the 60 days. Uh-huh. We've had people, um, escalation clauses, which means you're going to go a certain amount over the next best offer up to uh-huh. a certain amount. Escalation clauses that are a dual escalation clause where you go a certain amount over the next best offer up to a certain amount if it's um, um, a loan 
uh, okay. contingent on a loan, or if it's contingent, or if it's not contingent on a loan, if you're competing against cash, you may go twenty thousand dollars over the uh-huh. cash offer, but only two thousand dollars over the um, the loan. So it can get a little little tricky in yep. putting those numbers together. Yep. And are you seeing on that note where we're talking about escalation clauses? Because are you, we're starting to see in some um, uh, strategy on the seller side is coming in with your um, your best final and best or what is that what's the term called best and final best and final offer so they're not allowing the escalation clauses to come in and just having I, you come in with that best offer right right up right. front the problem is they'll say no escalation clauses uh-huh. and then somebody does use an escalation clause anyway so typically huh. we use an escalation clause and then the agent might call us and say, now give us your highest and best. Now give us the highest and best. Okay, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, just even on uh, the simple things is, you know, for a buyer, just allowing the seller to leave all their junk behind. You know, I mean, just making small extra gestures, uh, gestures um, uh, uh, covering the insurance, you know, the insurance portion, there's something you can do on that. So think about those small things um, if you're listening as a buyer and take um, some advice from our experts that are saying you really do need to do some creative things to get your offer accepted. So let's talk about um, d- uh, describing what happens in a multiple offer scenario. Well, Susan and I actually chart it out with our sellers. That is awesome. So we do the initials, um, the amount, the loan, the uh-huh. percent down, the earnest money, who's the other agent, who's the lender. I mean, we just we have a massive chart. And okay. so they can look at it across the board and really do a a fine comparison so they can make a wise decision and it is their decision it's not our decision and that, and that is a good that's a good point because a seller may think well my agent's just going to tell me what the best offer is but you can't mm-hmm. i mean they have to make that decision you but it's so it's you've got to have the information and the way to make it easy for them to understand what the offers are just like you said so we guide them through that process uh-huh, uh-huh. and i think mutual accept or Multiple offers sounds so fun and exciting, and it's not. It's hard work, and it's hard on the sellers as well as the buyers. Well, I would imagine so, because the sellers are emotionally attached to wanting to make sure that they get the best offer. And when you're looking at 10 offers side by side, that could get overwhelming. Completely makes sense. So what happens during the inspection period? Well, if it's a multiple offer situation, then people will do a pre-inspection, which means they'll waive their inspection before um, they actually write the offer. But uh-huh. if they are lucky enough to be the only offer, then then they hire an inspector, and that's usually between four to $500, and they'll um, have the inspector tell them what, um, you know, what's wrong with the pr- property, uh-huh. and then they can go back to the seller and ask for a reduction in price or for the seller to fix a few things or... Um, just say everything's final, just take it as it is. And yeah. we always encourage our clients to not ask for little tiny things, a drippy faucet. We just, it's the big stuff. You're really looking to see if the foundation's okay or there are rats in the attic and that yeah. sort of thing. And also I was uh, talking <clears throat> with uh, one of my realtors that in, uh, you have to be s- sensitive in, in, in how you're addressing the sellers. If you think there's an issue before you've even made the offer, don't bring that up at that time because you don't want to make the seller nervous about how you're going to respond moving forward. Is that correct? I mean, do you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks. So, what about what about um, the sewer scopes? Is that uh, common that you guys are seeing that right now? They are becoming more common. It depends okay. on the age of the home, 
And it's usually done during that same time frame of the inspection period. Are you seeing that a, a pre um, sewer scope skidding? Certainly. Yes. 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 Okay. And so after the inspection process, we actually talked about that. And, you know, if they're not doing a pre-inspection, you know, and we're not in the crazy market, there might be some negotiating right now. It's um, kind of slim to none because of the market that we're in. But uh, what about the appraisal process? And so we talked about inspection, you know, the inspection being, uh, they really being the interior and the details of the property, whereas the appraisal being the value. Well, if, if somebody has a loan, then, then that's when the appraisal happens. If it's mm-hmm. all cash, of course, there's no appraisal. So the lender orders the appraiser, appraisal and the appraisal gro- appraiser goes out and we're just, and then they do a report and, and hopefully it'll match what the purchase price is. Mm-hmm. If not, then there's new, new negotiations. The seller drops the price, the seller dro- gets out of the deal, or they could hire their own appraiser. And... Now we're seeing people, um, buyers saying that they're going to increase the appraisal amount, that if they have extra cash over their down payment, then they'll say, I'll pay up to whatever over, if it's a low appraisal, I'll kick Uh in $10,000 or $20,000. So why are we not seeing yet? And I just, I I think it would be a really great idea. Sellers are thinking of doing pre-inspections or doing um, inspections uh, uh, ahead of listing the home. Why have they not thought of doing an appraisal before they list the home. Not that, you know, appraiser is an, is an opinion of value, but if they can get that opinion of value to support what they're what they're hoping to get for the property, they've got something to show to an appraiser if they did come in low. Yeah, I Are you guys hearing any conversation about that? No, I haven't seen that? anybody do that. Yeah. And, and I wonder if that's because they don't know what they're going to get. The multiple offer situation, it could be $100,000 yeah. over what they're listing it at. And if they... It, it's just so volatile, I think. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know. You might get 435 for it, or you might get 535. So yes. how can you, and if your appraisal came in at 435, and then you got multiple offers, and it was huge down payment or cash, uh-huh. then good for you. you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> I know it's just an interesting, know. It's, uh, interesting dynamic uh, with what we have, without fun. a without a doubt. So title and escrow. Um, explain a little bit about the title and escrow process for my buyers, or for my buyers, for my listeners, and for the buyers <laughs> out there that are listening. <laughs> Most people don't realize that title insurance is so different than other insurances. For uh-huh. health insurance example, um, we buy that for in the future. And title insurance goes back to make sure the property you are buying does not have any liens against it and that you are buying a property with clean title with no judgments, no extra fees, and you, you're buying what you what you think you're getting. Mm-hmm. There might be easements or encroachments, but you can know about that and title can repair things. And mm-hmm. and so you get the home. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's like you would, you would not have insurance. So you wouldn't not have title insurance. Um, to wrap things up here, I, you know, a seller may be listening and thinking, well, gosh, homes are selling. You guys are talking about the whole show with the lack of inventory and it's such a great market. Why do I need to hire representation to sell my home? Can you please share why they have to do that? They don't want to sell by themselves. Most for sale by owners leave money on the table. Mm -hmm. They just do. They love their homes. They put a price on it. Someone comes in and buys it. They don't have the expertise to Mm -hmm. get it to close. Yep. And it just amazes me that someone would even want to try to do it. Yes. It's, um, they don't always have a realistic idea of what their house is worth. Mm -hmm. And we just know that. Because of our experience, we ultimately will get them more money for their home. 
Makes total sense. And you talked about the multiple offers. If they if they did have those, how are they going to navigate yeah, what through the process? Do? And I think a lot of a lot of people don't realize that the the work starts when you're listing that home, without a doubt. But the work doesn't end until it closes. So you got a whole another dynamic of work starts that once the contract has is that it is under contract, and there's a lot of things that are happening that you've got to have that experienced uh, realtor representing you, or otherwise there's a big risk of things falling apart. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks you guys so much for uh, coming into studio. It was, it was great uh, having you, you in for the first time. Look forward to having you back. Thank you. This is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. And I look forward to talking with you same time, same place next weekend right here on 1150 AM at KKNW. Proceeding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.